1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 199 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name is Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm so happy
2: today, Val. Why? Is that? How are you going? Have you well, eaten Nutella? No. It's not it's not Nutella. What so is it? this week was Mother's Day, right? Oh yeah. And um uh, The last few weeks I've had builders here doing Mm. the roof and bits and pieces for me, and one of the builders had a uh, two-stroke leaf blower (laughs) (laughs) that, that he let me use. For like he said, because I'm looking at it going, oh my god, that's so powerful. And mm-hmm. he's like, here, do you want to mm-hmm. a go? And mm-hmm. so he let me start it because it's got the you pull the the cord out like yes. you know the old style, and you put mm-hmm. petrol in, and it smells like petrol, and it's got so much power mm-hmm. that I'm like, I really want one because I've got a I've got a why. A, a, I've got one, a leaf blower that you plug into the wall. You know, you've got to have a cord that follows you around and just doesn't have the grunt. This one (laughs) would, you barely, it almost blows the house over. It's so powerful. And why don't you just uh, use a rake? No, it's not the same. You can't get on the roof with a rake to get all the leaves off. And there's just like, there are a lot of, like, I'm, like, (laughs) I live in the middle of like 200 foot gum trees. They drop a lot of leaves, right? That's true. And, So uh, my son and daughter got me one. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Like, not the usual thing and I'm like, No. It's not what you normally get your mum for Mother's Day, is it? Like you know, the fluffy slippers or no, I wanted a leaf blower. And I'm so happy. And I just gave it a little burl now and I felt so tough.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. Jeez. How often are you gonna use that? Is it noisy? Yes, but not
2: that noisy. It's not, you know. If the neighbours annoy me, then I'll be firing it up at six a.m. on a Sunday. But if they're good, (laughs) then no, I won't. You know, I'll be respectful (laughs) and I'll do it between whatever hours you're allowed to do it. So this isn't so. You want to be a gardener? No, this is f one ninety nine. Val, how exciting! I know we are on the cusp of a new
1: century. Exactly. Yes.
2: And we'll need yes. to um, probably celebrate two hundred uh, <gasps> in the only way in we style. know how.
1: That's which right.
2: Will possibly possibly involve a bit of uh, champagne. What do you we think? We like celebrating on this podcast, we do, don't we? We do. And we've waited two years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh we
1: burned it. (laughs) Probably more than two years but anyway so this is very exciting but we're not going to drink on this episode because it is only episode 199. We will wait till next episode so make sure next week you have your favourite tipple at the ready so that you can join in the fun as well okay so I reckon make sure, this. I'm giving you all fair warning right guys all listeners, make sure you have your favourite scotch or your favorite champagne or your pinot grigio or Shiraz or whatever it is yeah yeah beer and uh, have that with you and take a photo right take a photo of your drink along with perhaps your podcast app that shows that you're listening to the 200th episode and post it in the Facebook group and if you're not Already in the Facebook group, just join. It's free to join. It's called. Uh, just search for "So You Want to Be a Photographer Podcast Community." We'd love to have you in there and celebrate with us. So take your photo and hashtag #ep200. We'd really love to see how you're celebrating as well because we, you know, we don't want to drink alone. No, we we, we want, want you some ever friends. Have I'm sure you've never drunk alone. <laughs> <laughs> we want some friends. Yeah, yeah.
2: We don't want but- to be scot. Neville.
1: Yeah, okay. So before we get on to this week's episode, which is a really good one, it is the second part of our how to shoot video on your DSLR and mirrorless. So a few episodes ago we did part one because this is, and I think this is really, really useful because as I mentioned, I think this is a trend that I'm seeing everywhere these days, particularly in light of the fact that, the world has become a content creation machine. And so there are so many businesses now who are going well beyond stills and they're actually asking their photographers if they can have their videography skills, you know, if they can tap into their videography skills as well. Um, And now the thing is it's not videography to the point where you need to create a two-hour movie or anything. And that's why a lot of companies and businesses are actually asking their regular stills photographers because they know that their stills photographers have cameras that can do easily capture 5, 10, 20-minute videos. And often the videos that these companies need are just really short and sharp. They're the one-minute, two-minute, often 30-second kind that you'll see on social (laughs) media. it's even
2: less. It's like 15-second grabs (laughs) now. So, you know, that's just that, that little extra content. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so uh,
1: I think that we're going to see more and more of this um, and so you want to be a photographer will eventually mean so you want to be a photographer and videographer. Yep. So that's why we are tackling this issue because it is definitely a trend that we're seeing. Now before we move on to that topic, We've got um, a few shout outs. Gina,
2: who do you want to well, shout no, out just, to? I'm uh, just feeling very proud today. Okay, uh, why that? Yeah, Val, because it's like, well, you know, every day when I log in to check on my goldies, that's the gold community, there's always like someone, <laughs> someone or many of them have done something amazing. And I'm just like so proud of seeing them. It, like, it's nice when. You have student like there are great students and these are all great students. So I will we'll suggest stuff or give directions or post a new tutorial. And then I love, my favorite feedback to get is stuff like I've been hearing in the last few days, like uh, a member who was out photographing a uh, a model, someone who mm. worked as a model, and he started giving the direction and posing direction that I had uh, instructed in, in previous tutorials and things that we talked about. And the model said, you're the first photographer that's ever said anything like this to me, right, which we know, don't we, Val? We've heard this before. Many, oh, yeah. Many, many, many photographers – Do not give direction. They give zero direction. And they hire models in the hope that the model might have a clue what they're doing. And Mm. sadly, most models don't. And like they also. Or they do, but they just. They do, but it's a certain look, you know. And it's like they'll get to a certain point, but. It's up to the photographer to push that a bit further and really bring out there because how are you supposed to know if you're looking right for the lighting that's being used for you or for the particular vibe? So that was awesome to see and then the model also – had a particular pair of glasses that that she wanted to wear, and she had complained about the fact that you can't photograph these because they always get flare. Well, this photographer, one of my goldies, just said, "Oh, not a problem. I've just watched a tutorial on how to avoid flare in glasses and shot her not 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 a speck of glare, you know." Fantastic. So that made me happy. And then seeing um. Oh, one of one of the ones that I was really happy about was uh, I the fashion photographer who posted about how many hours I'm going to save him in post production because I was critiquing his photos and they look amazing but I was noticing how much time he was spending in post production and so I just did a diagram and showed him a couple of really simple uh, shifts he could use with his lighting just try this this and this and it's wiped hours off his post production and he, he showed showed a before and after of like, you know, here's the tight shot uh, straight out of camera. I barely need to retouch this. And it does come down to how you light your shots can change uh, how much time you're going to be spending in in, um, post-production, Val wow awesome awesome so yeah lots of wins lots of wins i love it heaps of wins getting published with the blog posts and and praise back from the shoots that they're doing it's fantastic so um love seeing my goldies fly
1: it's cool 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 and of course if you want to find out more about the gold community then have a listen to this
2: hey guys are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my gold community the gold community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials there's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month in these tutorials I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations posing Posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from Surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light, to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight, or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls, and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So, what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com.
1: All right, so welcome back. Let's move on to this week's topic, which is how to shoot video on your DSLR and mirrorless part two. If you haven't heard part one yet, it's only a few episodes ago, so have a look at uh, the feed of the podcast episodes and you'll be able to see that. But you don't have to have listened to it first. So let's get stuck straight
2: into it, Gina. All right, so um, let's talk about – so we've been through why everyone should be jumping on this – like Mm. all of you as photographers have all the skills and most of the equipment you need to shoot video. And I've also been asking in the last episode, I asked that you just get out there and just do a 15-second clip. I don't care if it's of a cup of tea that you've got sitting (laughs) there. Just have a go and get the feel of it. It doesn't need to be a masterpiece and you'll find that, you know, you, you you. You'll be surprised at what you can do and how much you already know because you've trained that eye as a photographer. So uh, we've, we've had um, some hubby hanging out washing. We've had trucks. We've had quite a few shared with us, and it, it's like I love seeing them. So please – Share your clips. Uh show us <laughs> show <laughs> us your clips.
1: Show us your clips. <laughs> it never gets yep. old, Val. No, it
2: never uh, gets old. All right. <laughs> so and uh you and I got to film uh where was it a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, it's really fun. I was filming you and uh that was quite fun and I went for that uh really filmic look and I think that's the 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 sort of the 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 look that a lot of uh, people ask for when they're they're getting video shot, and so there is a big difference between the different styles of video you can get. So I want to break that down, and I want to talk about what are the actual camera settings. What what do you put? What button do you push? What do you do? Okay, yeah, settings set it up, is good. How to get that film look, and a little bit on uh, post production and editing. So let's get down to the basic uh, right. camera settings. Uh, yes. All right. So. Uh, You've got your DSLR and there will be a button and some of them you can actually program that you don't have to switch anything on. You can just, like, hit a certain button and go from shooting stills to shooting video. There mm-hmm. are some models that will let you uh, – you can be filming and it will actually let you take a still in the middle of filming. So Amazing, that's really right? cool, isn't Technology. it? Technology. My God. So um, – there is, uh, I think, an important thing that, regardless of what camera you have, I think a really important thing to do is the uh, RTM protocol, well. RTM protocol. RTM protocol. <laughs> Read the manual. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good protocol. I it's like a good that. Good protocol. Mm. Uh, And you don't even need to read the manual. You can just like Google your particular model of camera and go, how do I set this to video mode? Because if I was to sit here and tell you how to do it with every single camera model, it would be 2029 and we'd still be going. So um, basically, very basically, you want to – You'll most cameras, DSLRs will have a switch where it'll be either in still mode, which is the default setting, or there'll be a little lever and it'll be a picture of a something that looks like a movie camera, mm. or a picture of something that looks like a an icon of a camera. So you basically switch it over to uh, movie and pretty much you're there. That's it. You're ready to, to start filming, but. There are a couple of other crucial little setup things that you need to set up just to get you going to make sure that your video uh, looks okay and has that, if you want, that filmic look, which could be just a continuation of your photos. It's got that lovely depth of field. So you want to there's one thing that's kind of uh you'll you'll see in most cameras and they'll ask you to set it to ntsc or pal yeah so basically the visually there isn't any difference but uh it's um, NTSC is uh used in North America and PAL basically is the rest of the world, so I kind, I kind of like that. Um, the difference between um measuring stuff in inches <laughs> and pounds <laughs> or measuring it, you know, the rest of the world is metric and yeah, so it's it's to, and it has to do with um, the Going back to when uh, movies got converted to television and frame per second, and and so Amer- North America adopted one style, and the rest of the world adopted another style. Now YouTube will accept. Any frame rate. So if you're mm-hmm. posting to YouTube, it doesn't matter, and it can be changed in post. Uh, mm. So I'd kind of stick to the system that you're in, the country you're in, and you know, if suddenly you get uh, that that movie gets sold somewhere, then they'll 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 work it out in post, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> that that's that. And um, the other thing you want to do, Val, mm-hmm. when you're shooting is you need to uh, shoot in manual mode. You can can go auto, but we've talked about this, the difference between shooting a photo Mm. in auto as opposed to manual. If you want to control the look and feel and vibe of your film, then you're better off shooting in manual mode. You've got far more control. Uh, Otherwise, you're handing it over to Hans, the guy that invented the camera, and he's controlling the look and vibe. So if it's in auto mode, the camera's going to choose the ISO, the depth of field, the shutter speed, and that just does not work mm-hmm. when you're shooting video. It, it'll, yeah. it'll not look right. So you need to at least have, have some sort of uh, understanding of shooting in manual mode, and if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you do. So you switch <laughs> to manual mode. Okay, and then, switch to manual mode. Right. Then you want to the, – the way you're – camera renders the pictures there is uh, there is a setting a tab st- setting that'll be the picture style now you want to make sure that you've removed all the auto stuff that the camera does so you, you can um because you're not shooting uh raw files like you do when you're shooting stills these are uh when you're shooting movies it's lots and lots of jpegs stitched together that's how you make a movie right so mm-hmm. you don't have as much control in post production as you would with raw so you want to make sure that you start with a movie and and this sounds like it It's kind of information that that doesn't seem right, but you want to Uh start with your raw movie file, the the video that you're creating uh, with as low contrast as possible and Mm -hmm. uh, with all the sort of sharpening removed and, uh, you know, noise reduction and all those things taken off. So you end up – what you end up shooting to look at when you first look at kind of looks like this flat, low-contrast – Poopy-looking, it means did I use the term poopy? It's come up a lot. Did I use
1: it last week? I can't remember, but poopy's a good word. I've, it's a good uh, word. Yeah. I, I, I like the word poopy. Um, if you I like ever, the word uh, poo. Poo? Yeah, I like writing it. You do?
2: Because yeah, because I like
1: all the circles.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like three, isn't it? One with a tail. Yeah. The poo. But it's kind of like one of those words that really is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. It suits yeah. it. You know? Yeah, it's
1: like visual onomatopoeia.
2: Whatever you just said, I totally agree. <laughs> That's beyond my realm of understanding. I've never heard okay. that word in my life, oh, Val. Come on. Visual onom- on a what? Onomatopoeia. <laughs> On the mat, I peed.
1: Don't you know what onomatopoeia is? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> onomatopoeia is like ding-dong or plop
2: or bang or So it's a kapow. word that, that sounds like what it does. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Batman, thank you, full Val. Of I've something PM. today.
1: There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not so, so you want to be a photographer, it's so you want to
2: be a word nerd. That should be your third podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. Slip that in through the week, Val. I'm sure yep, you've got right, uh, sure. time for that. So, no um, back to the picture style now. Yeah. Sorry. The, the reason, and if you ever have a chance to have a look at any of the Hollywood blockbusters that you see with the beautiful visual effects they'll be um they'll have you know different tones or looks to them like you'll see some movies are really bright and poppy like I'm trying yes. to think of um what's that one with Ryan Gosling l a the one in L.A.? La La Land. La La Land. And also, um, yeah, very bright and poppy, especially the opening sequence, and it looked like something straight out of the 50s. It had that bright, yes. poppy look. And you compare it to maybe something uh, Star Warsy, where it's often uh, desaturated and it's got that sci-fi look. They yes. don't film them to look like that. When they're filmed, the raw file, as it comes out of the – uh, the unedited file is often looks and I'm gonna say this word again quite poopy it's got okay, no poopy. contrast no sharpness no tone and it looks like a raw file that you would see out of your camera it's kind of like pretty uninteresting until mm. they get someone to come in and color grade it and, and unpoop it and they unpoopify the, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 video and it makes all the difference and there are color graders that that is all they do they color grade movies and they make them beautiful and you, as a photographer who are just starting out, uh, the listeners at home and want to do video, can learn to color grade, and it's pretty much using the techniques that you've already learned with editing photos. It's, it's kind of like applying those. So you, can't, you already know, you already have uh, a lot of the uh, techniques down to, to do this. So we start with poopy flat files to have, Hmm. and that is the starting point and then to that, you will apply some color grading, sharpening to give the video that you're shooting the look that you want to create. So if you're going for something Godfather-esque, that's your, that's your idea. You'd, you'd shoot in color, obviously. You'd have that flat, poopy tone, and then you'd take that into post-production and you'd give it that Godfather-esque look. You might have it like uh, – you might, you might convert it to black and white. You might put a blue tone through the shadow. Do you get what I mean, Val? Yeah, totally. And so you can completely change it. So that's that's your – so you're looking to your um, – menu system and work out the way that you set your picture style to a neutral profile and try and take the auto sharpening off and the noise reduction and as low contrast as possible. And that's going to be your starting point. And that's how you film. uh, That's how you set your film to go, right? The next one you want to do is set your white balance. Now, if you're someone who has an understanding, has been shooting for a while and you understand setting white balance, then make sure that, you know, say you're shooting in uh, outside, it's daylight, then you'll set your white balance to daylight. If you're inside and the room is lit with tungsten lighting, then you will set your white balance to tungsten. You can do a custom white White balance to set it because remembering you're shooting uh, kind of like compressed files, so you don't have as much latitude to color correct if you get it wrong. So just make sure that you set your white balance for the setting that you're in. That's that's quite important. If you're a total newbie, Val, then you and you just having a play around then make it a bit easier for yourself and you can use auto white balance so if you're just in a room and you're shooting then let your camera work out the white balance and set it like that but the best way is to make sure that you set your white balance and keep it consistent for that shoot that you're doing
1: Okay, great. So yeah, you can go. At, at, if all else fails, you, well, if you're, if if it's all too overwhelming, you can use auto white balance.
2: And if it's all too overwhelming and what – because here's the thing. A lot of people won't even try something because they think it's all all too overwhelming. I'm not going to even have a go. Uh, It's better to do something than it is to do nothing. So set your camera to auto everything and just film because – I'd rather just see you have a go and you know let the camera help you just to get a, a sense. And I, I say that about stills photography as well. Put mm. everything on auto and just take photos. Have a go. Get get used to it. And then once you've got the hang of it, you know how to hold it. You feel comfortable taking the photos. You're you're, you're getting more sharp than 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 are not sharp. Then then you can you know bit by bit start taking a few of the – it's like having the training wheels, isn't it, Val? Yeah. You know, and yeah. then eventually you'll take the training wheels off and you might be a bit wobbly, but you, you'll you get the hang of it. So um, that's what I'd suggest. Now, there are a lot of cameras that are being created now that allow you to shoot autofocus while you're filming and that they're so good that you can actually um, – Tell the camera where you want to focus for, for that time or who you want to focus on. Like the 5D Mark IV, I can put my finger on the touch screen at the back and say, that person there, and it'll track them. So they'll move to the other side of the screen. Yeah. It them. It's amazing. All right, yeah, so you, cool. can, you can shoot in autofocus uh, that way. What you need to be careful of is if you're going to be shooting uh, and if you have the camera that has the capability to shoot autofocus like that and you're also recording sound from the camera, you're also going to record the sound of the, ca- the lens's autofocus. Oh, you that. Oh, right. Okay. The workaround. Mm. And the workaround is, if you want to do more of this uh, and and do it uh, professionally, then the camera, as we talked about in the um, part one of this, the cameras not they're not made to record audio very well. It's not it's not fantastic. It's poopy Val, so. <laughs> your best bet when you shoot if you want to shoot audio and video on a DSLR which remember it's a camera designed to take photos mm. so um it's then the video was an afterthought that everyone's gone you know what this is pretty good mm. and they just never and then the 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 sound is also an afterthought and it's not it's not fantastic it's okay but it's mm. not it's not fantastic, so you can override that by having uh, an external microphone uh, plugged in, and you can either record that separately, like uh, when we recorded you, Val. We had the separate audio going, as well as audio to to the camera, just in case. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I just combined the two or the external audio with the video, and you just sync all that up, and you no longer hear the if that's how you're shooting it.
1: Yep, that makes sense. Cool. All right.
2: Now, to get that look, you want that uh, dreamy, creamy depth of field in your videos. You're following the same um, kind of steps as you were if you're shooting with uh, a stills camera. You're using your aperture to control the depth of field. Okay? Yes. So if you want that... Dreamy, out of focus uh, background, what sort of aperture would you be looking at, Belle? Um, a low number. A low number, which means? That the hole is open wider. Beautiful. You've been listening all these years, Val.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. So you want a shallow depth of field is going to give you that uh, beautiful, uh, but, th- you know, out of focus, dreamy, creamy background, which is the advantage of shooting on DSLR as opposed to those big video cameras that, like, Kind of don't have the capability to do that. So that's fantastic. Get to use your fast lens and create that look. So Mm -hmm. the next thing you want to think about is the resolution that you're recording. And the resolution is basically the file size that you're telling your camera to recording. So we hear all, you know, you mm. often hear people have. Oh, I've done a recording, I've done it in 720p or 1080p or I filmed in 4k. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is basically the resolution and uh, 4k and 8k now is also out there is basically it's the pixels across um Uh, and and high so like a 4k is 3840 pixels it's a large file so when someone is saying i'm going to shoot this in 4k or the camera has the capability to shoot in 4k that's what it means it creates these higher resolution images and when you shoot in 4k Mm. a couple of things you can Shoot and in post production, uh, you've got you can actually zoom in on areas and take advantage of having these massive files that you can work in. So, like some people are shooting in 4K Val and they're just Mm. doing one camera angle, Mm. right? And shooting it all mid frame. Yeah, so I was shooting you and I said, We'll do it all in 4K, I'll shoot Mm. you mid frame, and then for the tighter close ups, I'll just zoom in on the 4K file. And use that as the as the second camera angle. Oh, See so clever, huh? Clever, yes. Yeah, so you can do right. that, and then. Um, but the downside of shooting four K is it takes up a lot of space, and it chews through memory cards. And then you've got to have something to somewhere to store it. So, yeah. People that, that are choosing to sh- shoot in 4K, you need to think about all of that, the size of your memory mm. cards and the size of your storage, and then putting that on the computer, the rendering capabilities of the computer. So, yes, it's fantastic. It's amazing to work with, but it's all of those extra things. So. The next size down is uh, 1080p. Uh, and in the show notes, Val, there is a comparison of the file size. So I've got 4K compared to 1080p compared to 720p. So yep. you can just have a, like a visual of the difference in the file size. So yep. almost when you're shooting 4K, you pretty much can pull stills off of that if, if the people are holding still long enough and mm. you can actually get like a, a, a still image from your 4 4k videos which uh, could come in handy as well yeah yeah so as a general rule you want to be working with the highest resolution that's available to you so you will get like the best quality when you're shooting in 4k and then you can downsize that video to upload to youtube or uh, wherever you're going to be putting it but remember you've got to have Bigger file sizes, bigger CF cards, and faster computers for all of that. Mm. But you will get superior quality. quality. So I'm shooting in 1920 by 1080 all I. So uh, I've found that that's easier for the color grading and the post production. Right. And all I, which is the um, when you scroll through your options, um, that that is. Uh, also, the, that quality will take up uh, a little bit more space because it's uncompressed, so you need to think about that as well. Right. Okay. All right, so we're choosing that. But uh, that's that's a good one to start with, I think. Now, uh, mm-hmm. to get the, the smooth-looking videos, aside from popping your camera on a tripod, you... The thing that you need to remember is that your shutter speed that mm. you shoot with should be twice your frame rate. Now, hmm. a lot of people starting in filming and especially people coming from maybe the photography part of it and I I was one of them when like I confused frame rate with shutter speed. I thought that, you know, are they the same thing? What's the difference? There is a difference. And um, oh, do you want me to explain what uh, what's yeah, the difference? Not, is, yeah, so please you, do. Yeah, it's, it can be quite confusing. So,
1: I mean, I'm, cl- I, I'm clear. I think I'm clear on what frame rate is.
2: But there is a but, relationship between okay. the frame rate and the shutter speed, and they're right. two different things. So okay. the frame rate that and everything in terms of film is referred to as rates per second mm-hmm. right so the mm-hmm. frame rate reper- refers to the number of still images because mm-hmm. think about it what is an actual movie if you've ever looked at uh, an you know would you have you ever seen like a, a roll of film
1: yeah for sure movie? so, so yeah. lots of
2: lot, lots of images, images and they just run really quickly they run really quickly. And do you remember in school you might have done this? Uh, yeah, your, your little, little cartoon on the pages. The <laughs> yeah, you, you do into the corner of your book. You can have someone uh, jumping a little stick figure and things like that. And what it was is lots of little frames with small movements in each one, and that's exactly what a movie was. So yeah, so a one second – and I've got images that I think um, show this uh, fairly well um, – one second of motion filmed at 24 frames per second would be 24 frames, 24 images make up twenty one second of motion filmed at 24 frames per second. Mm-hmm. One second of motion filmed at 30 frames per second, it's got 30 frames. Slightly more information. And then you can have one second, and then I've got another image with sixty frames in it, and that's one second of motion filmed at sixty frames per second. Right? Yeah. Again, double the information. So you can see that when you've got more information, the 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 transition or the movement is going to be a lot sharper. So
0: it's like having more
1: pixels. Well,
2: it's it,
0: not, it, actually. It's, well,
2: it's, if you're doing it, your flipbook back in school, Val, yes. if, you, if you had like uh, five, five images that you had like a stick figure moving, mm. it would be very jerky if there was only yeah. five images, right? Because yeah. you, you could yeah. see the, the jerk between each frame. But if you had 50 images yeah. and you did that transition gradually, it would be a lot smoother, Right. And that's the difference mm-hmm. in, in frame rate. So now the shutter speed, different again, it refers to the amount of time the frame is exposed to light or how long the, the shutter remains open. So it's it's not the, the number of frames, no. but how much light each individual image is being exposed for. So okay. if you're shooting at a shutter speed of a 60th of a second, it means that the mm. camera On a DSLR, the camera shutter on a DSLR will remain open for 160th of a second. Yep. Okay. So the shutter speed controls the amount of light entering the frame and the motion blur. In each frame. So we know that a faster shutter speed is going to reduce motion blur. Yes. And if we want to show blur, a slower shutter speed will increase the blur. And, again, I've got three images in the show notes that show the difference of someone boxing at a 15th of a second. You can see uh, the boxing bag that' he's, the punching bag that he's hitting it's it's a blurred from the movement because a fifteenth of a second isn't fast enough yep. to freeze the motion and then at one eight hundredth of a second he's punched that bag and it's completely frozen he's captured the action, so that's the difference. The faster the shutter speed yep. we're going to freeze action okay yep. okay sure. so both the shutter speed that you choose and the frame rate that you choose are going to affect how your video looks. And so I'll, I'll break that down now so that it all makes sense because it can be um, a bit confusing. So when it comes to frame rate, there isn't an ideal that you need to pick right? We, people are shooting at all different frame rates today. We're getting uh, 24 frames per second. People are shooting at 30 frames per second. People are shooting at 60 frames a second. And that's only going to get higher as uh, cameras improve and resolution improves. But mm-hmm. we uh, have grown up looking at a lot of movies and TV and we are accustomed to seeing a certain frame rate. It's just what we know and what we're used to. So yeah. um, think about it, Val. In ye old timey, remember the the, <laughs> the silent movies? I know you weren't born then, but <laughs> you would have seen them uh, like Charlie Chapman. Uh, there's one that I've put in the show notes that would be an example of that. But to remember the... Um, the, the very early movies, they were shot at a very low frame rate and you yes. can see that people walked around and they looked funny. It's like well, we all thought, do people walk like that in the olden days? No, it's just like <laughs> there, there was fewer frames. So it was like it, was,
1: <laughs> it had that we didn't We didn't all think, did people walk like that in the olden days, just to be clear, everyone. We didn't
2: all think that. <laughs> I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, that people had that sort of that funny way and – um and the reason for that is that fewer frames were used because, and there's just like a basic explanation, film was expensive. And so if you were shooting at 60 frames a second, which would be ideal to get that smooth motion, um, <laughs> then you'd have to buy like you'd have to pay for and develop like so much extra film and it was prohibitive. So the people who were working on uh, creating the the movies were trying to work out what the ideal number of frames was to get something that kind of looked okay. So they, they hmm. started experimenting and the fewer the frames gave the uh, the jerkier movement, it was Then when the talkies were were introduced, Val, which is around the 1900s, that sort of threw a spanner in the works because before they had um, speaking and moving at the same time, they only had to show movement and so you could sort of have that jerky, fewer frames, save money. But in order to get the sound on and the sound to sync with the moving, they had to come up with – they had to – Bring in more frames, and so some tech just decided it was as it's as it's as simple as this. Some guy Dave mm-hmm. just went twenty-four mm-hmm. frames a second. That's what it is to okay. make this work. <laughs> no, seriously, it was just like decided, and and then everyone went. That makes sense. Let's go with Dave, and so that's created <laughs> this universal law that film looks good at 24 frames per second. And so we have been brought up on that and that's what we're used to seeing. Then when TV comes along, Mm. it doesn't work. TV uh, at 24 frames a second couldn't, it it, it caused banding and it looked weird, right? So they Um, added six more frames and TV became 30 frames a second to look right. And then the that whole cheap video look was invented, right? (laughs) More frames in each image gave that smoother look and that's why when you see um, beautiful movies and then you see something like Days of Our Lives, you go, I don't like how it looks. Do you get what I mean? Yes, Did you notice the difference between when you're looking at a beautiful movie that's shot at that 24 frames per second, you can see that slight blur. It's got that dreamy, creamy look. And then when you look at TV, it kind of looks cheap. Yes. It's because of that extra frame rate. Now, you'll notice that a lot now. So it's got that TV sitcom has that look. It's the extra Mm -hmm. frames, right? So that's the difference. Now, People have started playing around with this a lot more and you'll notice that a lot of YouTubers today are going, mm. I don't care about 24 frames a second, it's just easier. I'm going to film in 60 frames a second and you'll, you'll look at the movies and you'll go, it's got that video look and mm. Peter Jackson filmed The Hobbit, right? At yeah. 48 frames a second. And people were like, oh, my God, it looks like a cheap <laughs> sitcom. That's what people were saying about it. But, wow. like, he was doing it as an effect. So there's a lot of movie makers that have changed it. So this is how much the frame rate or the number of frames that you're putting into your your um, images is going to affect the look of your film. So people right. – Shoot, like when you see commercials now, they're often shot at 60 to 300 frames per second, so very fast, lots of information, yes, but then what they do, so you think of uh, those uh, (laughs) tampon commercials and, (laughs) you know, those medical commercials and things like that, how they look, they've got this dreamy look, but what they do is they'll shoot them at 60 to 300 frames a second, right, lots of Uh information, And then they slow-mo it, right? They'll Uh, put it in – so you can see the dog running and it's all so beautiful because it's shot in a faster frame rate and then reduced back to slow-mo – and that's why it looks so dreamy oh. and dreamy and beautiful. And also, a lot of B-roll that you'll see in movies are shot this way. And uh, oh. photographers who are filming with their DSLRs can also use this technique. Um, it gets rid of all the mistakes. So Val, when I shot you, that that mm. there was one sequence that I shot. I said, I explained it all to you. I think your eyes glazed over as I was geeking out, going, "This is what I'm going to do." <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And you went, "Yeah, right." Uh, and I shot the. <laughs> (laughs) There was this slow-mo that I did in in, uh, your – and there was also a couple of sections – I don't think you noticed it, but I put the slow-mo on and everything looks really buttery smooth. uh, Mm. Yeah, so that's that. That's what happens in a lot of commercials. So um, Mm. shooting at something like 60 frames per second and then slowing it down to 40% speed will – bring you back to 24 frames per second, and it just gives you that buttery, smooth look. Another okay, thing so you-
1: a- yes. answer me this, because yes. I was watching the great – I bought the sing-along edition of DVD of The Greatest Showman. Lovely. And I was belting out the tunes the other night. Yeah, of course. Now – there's this scene, there's this particular scene that everything freezes and he around him, that part's fine, that doesn't matter, but he starts walking yep. kind, across the yeah. across the screen. In slow-mo. Yeah. It's definitely slow-mo. But he's singing, right? Yeah. And he's lit he's he's singing in time. Yeah. To the music. But everything around him is still frozen? Yeah, that part I don't care. It's more the fact that the rest of him is in slow-mo.
2: I've just worked out how to do that because it was like there
1: was a couple of uh, TV shows that I've watched. when I do my next music video, we can do that.
2: We're going to totally do that. Um, (laughs) Totally. I'm so excited. But uh, there's post-production techniques much like um, when you do photo composites and you're masking out areas and adding out areas. Basically that's just like it's all filmed in one go, right, and then you'll take a copy of the original layer Pop, pop it on top of the the copy, and then you mm. can mask out where um, Hugh Jackman's singing so that that's just him. Everything else remains frozen, mm. and then that using that slow-mo and syncing it all together, he gets to sing and move slowly in slow-mo while everyone remains frozen.
1: But I don't get how – it's not the frozen bit I'm concerned about. I don't get You're how singing. his body is in slow-mo, but he's singing in time
2: well it's all done with tricks, Val. Mm.
1: <laughs> Does i've been it
0: pondering you?
1: this for yes for days now
2: <laughs> so this is the sort of stuff you can do um with when you're filming and you can do it at a very basic level but you get the gist of how that all works and even like um sporting events when you see the tennis or the soccer they're all filmed at like 300 frames a second uh, mm. so that they can be slowed down for the action replay so you'll mm. s- often see that when you watch a sporting event it'll be filmed at more frames in per second so that they can then go back to the video replay slow it right down to see if the ball was in or out okay. really? So Yeah, yeah, it is. Was that sarcasm? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you've got all of these uh, choices in how you uh, shoot the stuff that you do. Now, so um, all right, and finally uh, Mm -hmm. you also have the choice to um, edit or uh, color grade, and there are a number of uh, free options that you can use. So, like Apple iMovie is a good free mm. model, and open shot is for Windows, Macs, Macs, and Linux. I always think of uh, Charlie Brown when I say it's that name. Linux, Linux. it's Linux. See, I always look at what is it? Is it just another brand of computer?
1: No, it's a programming kind of – it's an operating system. So Windows an is an operating system, system. Uh, um, Mac is an operating system, and Linux is an operating system, right, right. but it's so open source, it's, I think.
2: So these are open shot, open source, and Apple, Mac, uh, Apple iMovie is also a good one. If you just want to dip your – you know, get into it, have, have a play, uh, ne- next step along, if you're really mm. into it, is Photoshop – And Camera Raw will allow you to edit video. It is... A little bit more time-consuming, but it's a good way to just do those uh, you know 15, 30-second clips that you want to do using the tools that you're already really comfortable with, and it allows you to do a lot of the editing that you do on your photos in Photoshop anyway, so it's worth having a play around with. If you open a movie in Photoshop, a little clip that you've created in Photoshop, it will open with uh, the, the movie. Strip will will be visible, and then you can add all your layers and and editing onto that as well. So it comes in really mm. handy, and you can also uh, do that with uh, the Camera Raw and add the Camera Raw filter to your images, so you can get your make your movies look like they would like your photos. So you can have this whole sequence of images that just look like. Um, You know, you're filming a beautiful series of images edited in your own style, which is really lovely. Next level along, you've got Adobe Premiere Pro, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. DaVinci Resolve, which uh, is also another great one, particularly for color grading. And then you've got Apple Final Cut Pro as well. So um, there's a lot you can do um, with Video. I encourage everyone to get out there and uh, have a play around. Use those little settings as a as a starting point, and uh, and start shooting.
1: Awesome. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you have a video challenge for listeners this week as well, Gina? Uh,
2: yeah. Just shoot anything and share it. Like five second clip that says, "Here I am. This is me," or well, anything. Well,
1: yeah, and um, in, in advance of um, when we have our 200th episode, mm-hmm. you can shoot your drinking. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just prepping you guys for that. You can shoot still or moving image um, for the 200th episode, just getting you ready. But, yeah, for this week, shoot anything and... Um and uh, share your clip with us. Be great to see it.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. Even if it's just with your phone. Even if it's just with exactly, your phone, that'll do. Just phone. to get your eye in and get your head around what it feels like to try and tell a story using moving pictures rather than single frames. And you'll find that as photographers, you are seeing things differently. You will be really good at this because it's already in you. Fantastic.
1: All right. I learnt stuff. Cool. Did you? Good. <laughs> I did. I did. See, I do listen. <laughs> All right. So, Gina, where do we find you online
2: until we chat again? So you can find me at GinaMilitia.com. I'm on all social media uh, at Gina Militia. And if you want, I'm also in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group. And if you want to connect with me in person and you uh, want to take your photography to the next level, then please check out the Gold community. Uh, what about you, Val? <laughs>
1: You can connect with me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, although I'm not really hanging out on Twitter as much as I used to be, but I do hang out a lot on Instagram and, of course, connect with both of us in the Facebook group. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. We'd love to have you in there. And, of course, check out the show notes at ginamilisha.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time.